Hi, I'm Beth Kuehl, your executive career coach and host for this new podcast, Breakthroughs, Practical Career Advice for Growth-Minded People. Today, I'm going to share with you three communication tools for building effective teams. Conversational competence is an important but overlooked skill that could make or break your team's success. Most of us spend hours each day interacting with computer screens and texting, but much less time conversing with others. Because so much of our conversation is impersonal and and filtered through our many technological devices, it's not surprising that many of us have lost several aspects in the art of interpersonal communication. If we truly want to have motivated and engaged teams where people want to come to work and maximally contribute, we have to recognize that people are motivated when they feel heard and seen. I believe every manager can do more of this by implementing these three tips. Number one, create a psychologically safe environment. If a company wants to surpass its competitors, it needs to improve how people work together. Over the past decade, Google spent millions of dollars using big data to study what makes a team successful. The researchers found that psychological safety was the most important factor for employee engagement and for building effective teams. So how do we practically create a psychologically safe environment? Well, here's where number two comes in. Listen 80% and talk 20%. We've all heard this and it's really difficult to implement and I'm working on it myself in my daily practice. But surprisingly, one of the top communication skills is actually when we're not talking. The best teams listen to one another. They allow equal time for others to talk and show sensitivity to feelings and needs of others. Listening with genuine curiosity can short circuit your reflexive need to speak and help you clarify the facts and keep your connection to the other person. In my own coaching practice, I found that people shared their most pressing issues, the ones I can really help them overcome when I provide the space for them to speak. What I've begun to do is I simply just stop talking and I wait for them to fill the space. Similarly, The best leaders offer open-ended questions and are genuinely desirous of hearing others' opinions and of gaining feedback of all kinds. They stop and pause and let others fill the space. They show genuine interest in hearing the opinions and ideas from their subordinates. Agenda-less listening builds trust. Number three, let's go a little bit deeper into this. What kind of questions engage people the most? Well, open-ended questions really can encourage dialogue. I recently had a chance to talk with Michael Bungay Stainer, keynote speaker and author of the best-selling book, The Coaching Habit, Say Less, Ask More, and Change the Way You Lead Forever. I highly recommend this book as there's practical, easy to implement advice. And I'm gonna lay some of it out right here in this podcast. Stainer gives clear examples 
of how you can encourage dialogue and create more engagement with your team by asking these specific open-ended questions. Stainer wrote the book to help managers create more focus, courage, and resilience in their teams. He says that to engage and increase your team's performance, you'll need to learn how to coach your team. So essentially, he's suggesting that managers need to be a little bit more coach-like. The problem is managers want to do this, but they're often just too busy to fit coaching into their already full schedules. Stainer offers a solution that teaches managers ways of coaching in 10 minutes or less by asking these seven essential questions. I just think these are terrific, and I want to give them to you so you have something to to actually sink your teeth into and practice as right after you leave this podcast. And you certainly can come back and review and take notes and, and buy his book because it really is a, a, a quick, easy read with really uh, important insights that will affect a positive change in your career. Number one, the Kickstarter question. This is what's on your mind? It's a great icebreaker and it opens the floor so the other person feels free to talk. It also allows for a transfer of power from the manager to a subordinate, and and that sends a positive message. It sends the message that you're an asset to our team. I respect your views and feedback. So the Kickstarter question is what's on your mind is just gonna let the person speak. And then number two, the awe question, A-W-E. And what else? And what else? This question requires that the manager hold off from offering advice before allowing the other person to fully express himself. When a person has the space to expound upon his thoughts, he often comes up with his own solution to his problem. The need gets more support, the new idea gets more support from the employee because he's participated in creating it. That psychological investment in in the solution makes him more connected to following through with it. The new idea gets that support and employees see themselves as an intrinsic part of the team, which again improves overall engagement and productivity. Number three, the focus question. What's the real challenge for you here? That's the question the manager asks when he's trying to help the person focus. What's the real challenge for you? Stainer quips that rarely is the real challenge the one they come to for advice on. This gets the person to narrow in on the main issue that really needs addressing. The foundation question is the next one. What do you want? Gets right to the point. What do you want? There's often a need that's hiding behind a want, says Stainer. I want you to go talk to the VP for me, right? Might really mean I need you for protection or I wanna go home early today could really be asking for understanding. So when we ask a person what you want, we wanna be listening for something that they really want that's underlying their actual answer. The laziness question, how can I help? It's a great question and it's super important that we come back to our colleagues and to our subordinates and ask them, what can we do to help you become masterful? 
This question pushes the person to give a direct and clear response. It gives you the chance to decide whether you want to honor their request. It could also stop you from diving in to help in the wrong area. When you offer help, be sure to follow up to give the support requested. As Daniel Pink, author of the best-selling book, Drive, writes, there are three main items that are really tied closely to motivation, and they're autonomy, mastery, and purpose. So when a person asks for help, they're opening up to you. And when you come back and you give them that enrichment, that support, so they can become masterful, they feel a sense of gratitude towards you. It's a key component that has the positive effect of increasing people's motivation. And then there's the strategic question. This involves saying no to something so you can say yes to something else. Stainer used the example of when a colleague asked for help in getting a promotion. He first needed to approach his boss about a dysfunctional aspect of the relationship where he always felt like a victim. As he shifted his behavior to become more assertive, he then was able to ask for the job he wanted. But first, he had to express his no, in quotes, to the current dynamic. Once he stood up for himself, he felt more engaged at work. And then finally, the learning question. I ask this at the end of every coaching session to get more clarity on what a person really values in the coaching. Asking what was most useful to you. This opens the conversation for the person to process and integrate the new knowledge they've acquired. It requires the person to crystallize the lesson that they gain from the conversation and it pushes him or her to harness the impact and apply the new, uh, new knowledge to improve his situation. When you talk with people rather than at people, they begin to feel safe. Use purposeful, agendaless listening to try to understand where the listener is coming from. This encourages a dialogue and a good exchange of information, focusing on what the other is saying, believing you have something to learn from the other person, admitting when you don't know something, and above all, truly listening with an intent to understand rather than reply, builds trust and fosters a psychologically safe workplace. It shows your confidence and your humility, which also makes you more likable. Your confidence and your humility. Asking questions rather than jumping to give advice is a first step to creating a respectful corporate culture where everyone feels their voice matters. We'll talk more about this in future episodes when we discuss the difference between managing and leading. To sum this up, when managers support psychological safety, their teams will be more likely to stay with the company, embrace new ideas from their colleagues, and create more revenue. Once you know the importance of social sensitivity and make it part of your best practices, you'll have the necessary edge in building an effective team. Make it a habit to prioritize these three points to refresh create a psychologically safe environment by listening more and asking open-ended questions. This will result in having a more motivated, engaged, and productive team. 
Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.